following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode, Andrew and I take a look back at the 1990s Cowboys dynasty and what could have happened had Jerry Jones swallowed his pride and not fired head coach Jimmy Johnson. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. Happy uh, Monday to you. How the heck are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's hot. It's very hot. I'm in the studio right now. Oh, God. Sorry. Oh, I'm a little moist. It's uh, a little moist. It's hot. Early. Yeah, early in the morning. Uh, it's already 79 degrees. Nice. 69 here. Very oh. nice. Um, I can't have the AC on. So... But yeah, it's Sunday. I just cleaned up uh, my birthday party from last night. I'm recovering. I'm eating some uh, breakfast pizza. Tons of Madden I saw. A lot of Madden. Eight TVs. Of- eight TVs of uh, football games. So I um, wish I was in the area. I would have brought in the good old backyard football to add. To the, I, uh, I was wanted that one and NFL Street, but I could not find either. I think NFL Street super expensive. I have never played NFL Street. I played it once, like a long, when it first came out, I had a friend across the street who had it and I enjoy, I didn't like enjoy it like as much as I know I can now, but I thought it was fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was very arcadey. It was NFL blitz reminiscent. I think they took a lot of stuff from there. So, um, but I would like to find that at least at some point. Yeah. That's probably super expensive. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I wish they'd bring it back just entirely. That'd be awesome. Or like a, playstation network type digital download type thing something just something that's where excuse me that's where the nfl video game struggles that they're just they don't do anything more like they used to it's just i I don't know what it is i I don't know what it is like i'm not i'm gonna get mad and probably this year but i'm just not excited for it but these games lost um variety spicing it up you know what I mean? They, they they rely too heavily on the online stuff. It's just it's just junk. But um, but yeah, yeah. So it was a good night. A little early birthday thing, and had a great turnout. If you're listening, shout out to everybody who came out and watched uh, or play video games. Just hung out and played video games in honor of my birthday. Seriously, meant a lot to me. Uh, I really struggle personally with uh, people kind of being there for me when I need him to be. And, uh, it meant a lot that 16, 17 people, um, people who I consider friends and I've, you know, they, they, they made the effort to be there, whether it was for half an hour, an hour, four or five hours, you know, it was, it was sweet. So shout out to all of you. I seriously appreciate you. Uh, but enough bullshit, uh, <laughs> enough sappy bullshit. 
Andrew, uh, you have choice this week for a what if. I believe you announced it uh, last week, but why don't you remind the listeners what we're talking about today and why you selected it? We're talking about what if uh, Jerry Jones just swallowed his pride and Jimmy Johnson never left the Cowboys after the 1993 season. And it really got me thinking on this is uh, I'm a huge pro uh, Troy Aikman guy. As uh, as you hear on the show, to not to Matt's delight, but uh, listening to him talk about Barry Switcher taking over the Cowboys in '94, it made it made you think, or made me think, about how well Jimmy Johnson wasn't just a coach, but a manager of personalities. Yeah, and it seemed like after '93, and I've talked about it before when we did. Uh, when we talked about the Seahawks, you know, when you're winning personalities, egos get a little bit bigger. And from what Troy Aikman says, Barry Switzer just was like, Hey, you guys are adults. Go for it. Where Jimmy Johnson has the, one of the most famous lines I ever heard from watching the U where another time where he had to manage big young personalities was people will only do what you allow them to do. So that was pretty my thing is could Jimmy Johnson manage these personalities and keep Jerry Jones's crazy spending and just, you know, always wanting to kind of make the biggest move or have the biggest stars on his team. Dallas and, Cowboys football. Yep. So um, Dallas Cowboys, great franchise ever. Did you see actually hit a guy? What? I saw this. Uh, like hit him, hit him, like punched him, or no, like in a car. Like a guy was. Oh, turning. I he was in a car accident. I didn't know. Yeah, he like just racked a side of a T-bone the guy, but neither here nor there. <laughs> but could, straight, straight up hit him and was like, no, nope, not my fault. Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Could this, di- <laughs> this dynasty have gone longer than just three Super Bowls? Is it more? Oh God, yeah. Um, yes, I, I, yeah, I have a lot of theories on that. I mean, we have. I mean, yeah. gonna, I think this is gonna be a pretty long episode. Um, so let's start off with with that question. I mean, that's the kind of main event question right there. But do I believe that the Cowboys win more Super Bowls? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Simply put, um, I mean, I'll let you. Obviously, this is your choice, so I want you to elaborate, and I'll, I can go on forward with that but um but straight up yeah I, I i do i do uh barry switzer different he was a yes man in a sense mm-hmm. to jerry jones which jerry jones obviously liked and has liked for a considerably long time uh and barry switzer did not he stood on the shoulder shoulders of giants when it came to that Dallas Cowboys roster, how it was built um, to be successful, you know, that's still, I mean, I was only two, I wasn't even two years old when that happened. Um, But looking back on it, it's still one of the most puzzling moments in NFL history. It makes sense when you get to know who Jerry Jones is as a person, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it just, that's, it's, it's puzzling. They, they would have been right back there. 
they would have been right at the mountaintop. I think we're talking about them beating uh, Pittsburgh in 96. It was 95-96 season. Not, yeah, 95-96 season. Um, and maybe even going back beyond that. Because, right, didn't they lose in the NFC Championship game to San Fran in 94? I know that was a red-hot 49ers I, team. But. I actually – they only lost by 10 points, and I think they beat them. I really do. You know, because yeah. when we're talking about who who's a better coach in, in your mind, looking at looking at the way things are, is it George Seifer or is it Jimmy Jones or I'm sorry, Jimmy Johnson? I think at that point, Jimmy Johnson, maybe he would maybe because just Jimmy Johnson was new and fresh. I view it that way. But it had been some time. You know, where Jimmy Johnson was pretty much, um, I guess it took him a little while to get there. Probably, I would say Jimmy Johnson because he built the Dallas Cowboys up to be what they are, where, again, George Seifert, just like Barry Switzer, inherited a great team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's GMs and owners that come into play with with building up the roster and stuff. I, I'm not going to take away that, but who was the brainchild of the Herschel Walker trade? Jimmy Johnson was, yes. um, and he used all the, most of those picks, you know, to, I mean, all of the picks to obviously, you know, up the ante of his roster, but, um, you know, most of them, if not, you know, about half became real contributors to their team. Right. I can't remember what the, what the, what the picks ended up becoming, but Jimmy Johnson knew how to build up a team to be great. And that's where that, that's the where the strength is. Um, my God, we, we could be talking about them winning four straight, which is terrifying. But I would dare so say that that Cowboys roster that played against the 95 Steelers on paper, if it was anything like the 92, 93 team, mm-hmm. was probably a little bit superior defensively and offensively. This I, is when you hit, right? You had Dion. Dion was on that Dallas Cowboys team, right? 95. 95 team. I and, don't know. Not that Dion's the only one, but. Do you think they signed Dion? That's a good question. That's when I was going through this, and uh, what is it? I'll give a shout out to them because I really like their their material when they make these uh, secret base on YouTube. They did a collapse of the Dallas Cowboys. And do Jimmy Johnson never had to deal with free agency. That's probably one of my biggest things. And I'm wondering if he goes after Dion and pays him all that money at 28 years old, because I don't think Dion last even lasted that long in Dallas. What one? It was okay. a quick tenure. It was a deep, it was an all right tenure, right? It was five seasons, five seasons. He was out by 99. Okay. But what did they really do other than 95? Not a lot. My thing is, would he sign a guy at 20? Knowing the Jimmy Johnson kind of philosophy, and I know he didn't do that great in Miami with some some of his draft picks, but maybe most of them in here. (laughs) His later rounds were amazing in Miami. His earlier rounds were horrible. But do you go with the Deion Sanders? 
or does he kind of look into the draft, you know, 95, he goes, he joins the dolphins. I do believe. And does he go in there and does he look for these guys like the Sam Madison's, the Patrick Sertain's, uh, Zach Thomas, I I was so pissed off when he didn't draft Ray Lewis that year, but then he drafted Zach Thomas and I'm okay with it. Yeah. I think um, it turned out pretty all right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jason, you know, Jason Taylor, I think those are the things. Oh, he came in 96. So does he really look at a guy like Deion Sanders, especially knowing that the salary cap is coming up? This is what second year 94 was, I believe the first year of the salary cap 94 or 95 was, I think 94, I think. Yeah. And then do you really sign Dion to all that money? Knowing that you're going to have to pay Troy, you're going to have to pay Emmett, you're going to have to pay Michael and what else you have. So I don't even know just to go off. I don't even know if he signs says, yeah, let's go get Dion. Yeah, it, that's probably true. Uh, when you look at uh, Jimmy Johnson's approach to building a roster, you know, he didn't trade for guys. He traded away pe- people to get pieces um, to, to to add and benefit to his team. He's what, I mean, was there really a GM or was Jimmy Johnson kind of total control? It was, I think, a mixture of both of them. It does say that he was player personnel. Okay. So that's, uh, that's always something we want to, you know, talk about too, but obviously the head coach has a lot of influence on that, but he wasn't trading for big players. He was drafting them. He is what a lot of teams vie to do now. And I don't think it works as well as it does back as it did back then. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Chris Ballard loves, 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 <laughs> loves drafting. He will not go out and spend money, which some points it's, it's to his own detriment. Um, it could be, but um, he likes to draft. You get him young, you get him cheap and you can afford, you can, you can, you can afford these players where if you go and sign somebody and, and Deion Sanders contract was a mega deal at that time. Oh, right. It was a few million, quite a few million per year. It actually started a rule because they tried to circumvent the salary cap by giving them so much in a signing bonus. Yeah. You know, which, you know, that's, you know, that's, I'm sure he would have rather developed, you know, drafted and developed uh, players to, to be long-term answers and possibly be, you know, just be successful throughout the nineties. I mean, he he did make some trades to bring in players because he did bring in Tony Castillas, which was not a bad trade. Um, but there's probably good value in that, like relatively yeah. good value. He's yeah, not going to overpay like the Vikings did for Herschel, or he's not going to yeah. overpay like, um, I, like the Broncos did for Russ, or some of these other you know transactions that have happened. He's probably getting good value for them. I think his biggest his biggest trade that he did, but he brought him in because he knew that he needed that piece, which Charles Haley, right? He did his research on Charles Haley before he traded him, traded for him. You know, he talked to guys and everything else. And I love it when he was talking about that saying, you know, is this guy smart? 
and they're like, yeah, he's smart. He's like, okay, good. Because I know if he's smart, I can reason with him. Yeah. <laughs> I can't reason with somebody that's not smart. So he did do it, but he did his very methodical type of type of way. So that's where, when I was looking at stuff, I don't think Dion comes into play. Cause I think he's thinking he was almost very chess like. Oh, he is. Very, he'd, be the, he'd be the first to tell you his draft story tells you immediately. I mean, he's a great athlete, like a fantastic athlete. Um, but at that time, like primetime was a gimmick and he lived it like telling the giants. I mean, he was brutally honest with the giants. I'm not going to fall that low. So I'm not reading your playbook. Goodbye. You know, it was one of those things, but, um, you know, him and the Atlanta Falcons gave me the ball. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Get it to, was it 24? Was Ooh. he 24? Dion? 21. Get 20, it. To, I think he was 24 in baseball, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So I was half right. Um, get it to 21. Get it to Deion Sanders. Get him the ball. No matter what happens, you get a pick, get it to Deion Sanders. Take us to the house. That's how it was. And listen, he was the best. I mean, was he the best player on that? But, that's not a team thing. That's an I thing. Mm-hmm. I to this day, Jerry likes the splash. Where Jimmy like Jimmy like to. He think. likes the noise. Jerry Jones loves the chaos. He loves the media attention because he likes to put himself in front of a camera. When they were doing the whole the the kneeling thing a couple years ago, he mm-hmm. legit got up from kneeling, go talk to a cameraman, and p- pulled the cameraman over so he could be seen on video kneeling with his players. You egotistical pile of shit. You know what I mean? I, I I hate Jerry Jones. I really I think he's a huge disservice to the Dallas Cowboys fans um, and the team. And players out openly admit it. This year in free agency was bad, but it's because Jerry Jones, guys like Jerry Jones, like yes men who remain largely unchecked. That is, I think that's why he went McCarthy. A hundred percent. But McCarthy, I believe, is on the same page as Barry Switzer. Yeah. How do you think, uh, what's his name? Tony. Oh God. I already forget his name. Jason Garrett. Oh uh, yeah. You think he kept the job for 10 years because he was a really good winning coach? No, no. Cause he got Jerry Jones's coffee. That's right. I know how shit goes. Mike McCarthy's going to be there for at least half a decade. Yeah. Why do you think Parcells didn't last? Parcells normally doesn't stay too long at one place. No, that is fair. But I think that was one of the things is Parcells is very, once again, if you want me to cook the dinner, you better let me shop for the groceries. And that's what Jimmy Johnson did. And he was doing it very well. And I think that's what, that is why they don't sign Dion. I don't know where Dion goes. Maybe he, they figure out how to keep him in San Francisco or something of that nature. But we get some legal issues out there, I think. Where Dion? Yeah. Or was he, he like getting to he had like some kind of drunk driving incident or something after the Super Bowl? Really? I didn't know that. I know about Michael Irvin's thing. No, Dion's documentary. Let me see if I could find it now. And I'm not fault. You know, it's I don't encourage drunk driving. I hate that people do it. But Dion made a terrible mistake. But uh, I think it was the year that year that they won the Super Bowl. He said he was so miserable. He tried to like, I don't know if he tried to kill himself or he, he almost did. But yeah, it wasn't good. 
It wasn't good. Jeez. He's all over the place. Wow, I didn't realize this. 90, 1996, arrested for trespassing on Airport Lake. 1994, Sanders charged with two misdemeanors. Cincinnati Reds outfielder entered a written plea in 1994. You know, some stuff. Again, I'm not. we're not saying this to fault his past because he's obviously come a long way. I love listening to him and his, his you know, analysis on sports, but this is, this is, who he was at that time. Mm-hmm. That is not Dallas Cowboys locker room material. All right. No. I know Michael Irvin was a crackhead pretty much, right? He was a crack. He, he smoked crack. Was it him? Yeah. He was the one caught in the hotel and then the girl took the fall for everything. So he pretty much walked away scot-free and then the girl's boyfriend tried to kill him. <laughs> so, I mean, it, but would that have really happened under, would have it happened? It could have happened, but would have really gone too far. Jimmy Johnson would have stopped it because there was a legend in 94. There was a party house, 94, 95. There was a Dallas Cowboys party house. And I'm guessing it's like, yeah, because he left because Jimmy Johnson left. Yeah. And there was a lot of there wasn't the disciplinary actions going on. Uh, Troy talked about guys falling asleep in meetings and, you know, getting in trouble with Michael Irvin. And it was like, and he went up to Barry Switzer and he said, why are you not, why are you not doing anything to these guys? And he said, well, what do you want me to do? Cut Michael Irvin? He goes, no, well, you don't cut Michael Irvin, but you cut that guy and you cut that guy and you cut that guy and you cut that guy. And it was just one of those things where we're just going to let them be men and I'm was a really good college coach, so I know what I'm doing, but I don't really think he was that great of a coach. I think they got to the Super Bowl on in the 95, pure talent. And the fact that the 49ers were on a downfall and the Packers just weren't there yet. Right. They were close, but not quite there yet. Yeah. Yeah. They hadn't really hit their stride. Yeah, I, I Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy Johnson was, you know, when you're when you come from college, usually it's about, you know, he made the Jimmy Johnson really made the you the you right. That's what a lot of people reference. It was kind of his draw, mm-hmm. right, coming into the National Football League. Yeah, when you're a college coach, there's a lot of control stuff that you have to have. You now, easy. I mean, it is. I I I I, bet I tried college twice. It wasn't for me, but man, the temptations were there. And I'm not talking about Motown. All right. The temptation is to do bad, like bad shit, hood rat stuff. You're away from your, you know, these guys are going to University of Miami. All right. Yeah. They're away from their parents for the first time. Young, young adult men going to, there's a lot of temptations out there. Drugs, partying, you know, the, all sorts of raging hormones and stuff going on. Jimmy Johnson had to be a father-like figure and really tough on these guys, but he did it and he was successful. You know? So he bring that he brought that pedigree to the National Football League. And again, he knew what to do and how to build up his team properly and how to run it and keep his guys in check. All right. People have Dallas Cowboys players in that era have fond memories of Jimmy Johnson. They do not have fond memories of Barry Switzer. No. I know Troy Aikman is not a fan. Um, there's a lot. I mean, Troy Aikman was very outspoken post Jimmy Johnson about the way that the team is, you know, was operating and run. Is the, I don't even remember if it was Switzer or somebody else 
But uh, the one year he was like yelling on the sidelines about somebody needed needed to control the players because they were out of they were out of control or something like that. Do you do you remember that clip? Yeah, I just seen it. I think it was late nineties, maybe. But just the team just lost control. Troy couldn't do it anymore. Couldn't handle it. I think Jimmy would have left this team pretty well prepared for the next for the next group. Now, I don't think he coaches that long. But I think this is probably the first You don't think so? I think this is because I think he's winning probably about five Super Bowls in a row and he's and or four Super Bowls in a row. I think they're the 92, 93, 94, 95. And maybe even. Oh, yeah, they're, they're definitely they're smack of the Chargers in 94. Their Super Bowl would have been getting past San Fran. Yeah. And then especially 96. They're in the NFC championship game. They're not losing to Carolina. Because he 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 was a he was a better coach, right? He was a better coach. He was a better personality manager, and everything else. And I think that's what these teams needed was a coach and a personality manager. All the best teams, and I, I hate I, I really don't like listening to the guy, but if you notice. I'm going to reference a Colin Cowherd thing. But when okay. you notice, when you notice teams get too loud, because I kind of agree with them. When you notice teams get too loud, that's when the downfall begins. Every time. I, and I agree with him 100% on that. The Patriots, when did they ever get too loud? Never. Yeah, exactly. And the noise, the noise stayed in the building where, Actually, you know what? When they when stuff started getting a little loud, that's when they struggled. Yep, it did. When the Jimmy G stuff happened, mm-hmm. um, you know that was kind of it. The Deflate Gate was a media thing, and but apparently the Jimmy G stuff was big, and uh, that was it. You know, I know the media likes to, again likes to blow stuff out of proportion, but uh, but yeah, they weren't really loud. You know, Casey got loud. Um, Dallas mm-hmm. got loud. I'm trying to think of some other teams who really got five bears. I think Seattle, Seattle. Yeah. Seattle. It it was almost, I I think that Seattle could have been, we talked about it. They they could have won maybe at least one or two more. Got real loud. And you, you mentioned the 85 bears that could have, that should have been something. It is amazing to me that the 85 bears are just known for one season. You notice who didn't get loud. In the 80s was Washington, San Francisco, and even you got to give it up to New York, too. That Giants, was, yeah. That's because yeah, the personality management and Parcells had it cut out with them with Lawrence Taylor when right. it came to personality. But that's where I think Jimmy Johnson definitely succeeds. And I don't think they get Deion Sanders. I think Deion Sanders is an afterthought. He looks in the draft. He might try and grab a guy and coach him up. Because he did a he was a great he did a great job of discovering late round talent, which so, is pretty unique. 
I think the only really great player that I've ever heard Jerry Jones maybe drafting is I think he drafted Larry Allen. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like Dak Prescott wasn't a sweet grab in the fourth round. Like that's yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that didn't happen. But uh, there's been a lot of like miss just but complete miscues and. I don't know. It's so hard to say because, like I said, Dallas Cowboys are the most ridiculed team, like fan base. They're loud, very loud, arrogant, you know, fans in some instances, but there's a lot of really prideful, really nice ones, really kind um, Dallas Cowboys fans. I mean, they love their team, and but they're respectable about it, respectful about it. Uh, how long do you think Jimmy Johnson's coaching window is? I don't remember if you said. I give him. You think he makes it to at least the end of the decade? I say 97, 98. Really? And I think that's where it's a shift. Based on success, you think? Just success. I don't have to do anything anymore. You get burned out. We've seen it with all the great coaches and stuff. I don't know Uh, how that keeps on doing it, but I think this is a guy that gets burnt out. And maybe that's. That's the hugest thing, and I believe he left at one point too because his mother passed away. Jimmy did. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's fair. So you think he gets a couple years? So I, what are we saying? We're, so we're saying at least three, but pro- possibly four. I think four. You think four? I think they beat that ninety-four forty-niners team. Okay. If you would have asked me back then, as a kid that you know was just like ooh football football you know football whoever is the best team on paper wins i would have said that 94 49ers team yeah and they're probably a lock for 96 or 95 96 again because oh, i mean yeah. if, if switzer wins it then and uh then jimmy johnson definitely is at that point in time i so. think 90 96 is where they beat the panthers I'm pretty sure they would go on to face. Yeah, they would go on to face the the Packers, and I think they're gonna lose the Packers because that was at Lambeau. Yeah, they should have played them in Lambeau. Let me just double check that. Sure, but I, just, I mean, it just sum it all up. Some, I mean, we're not, we got a couple little little things to look at, but the sum up as far yeah. as the Dallas Cowboys legacy, Super Bowls. You know, they're gonna win. They're gonna win some. Uh, Long-term planning, salary cap management, they're in good, they're in relatively good shape. I still think that Jimmy Johnson, you know, if he when he does decide to retire, that the Cowboys are in trouble because Jerry Jones remains unchecked. Even if I mean this a lot of this comes down to Jerry Jones being a completely different person than he actually is. That's the unfortunate thing about this. And I don't know him personally, obviously, but what's the, the character that we see on TV of Jerry Jones? Um, has been a detriment. There is no reason why this 90s Cowboys team couldn't have spawned another great decade, complete decade, like the Tom, the, the, the Tom Landry 70s Cowboys or, you know, uh, the, the one that played in the NFC championship game in the first, you know, for, or, or that played in the NFL championship game in the first for the first Super Bowl. There's no reason that that couldn't have happened. Um, but Jerry Jones has saw little success since taking over you know he made the splash move of firing Landry which we all admit had to have happened uh maybe not the way that it did but you know um but it's been largely failure 
And oh my God, he you know he built this beautiful stadium up, and this team just fails to win all the time. Coaching hires are bad, uh, and there's just something about it. He's too hands on. I know he's the like biggest name, uh, you know, personality. He's the biggest name personality when it comes to NFL owners. Everybody, he's like probably number one on the fame chart, uh, but he has gotten in the way. They would have played Green Bay in in Green Bay. Green Bay was the number one seed that year. Dallas was number three which I could see them probably be the number three and maybe number two seed. Green Bay was pretty good that year. Uh, but what you were talking about with Jerry Jones is there's no reason this team, and I understand the tenure towards the end of Tom Landry wasn't that great, but there's no reason why this team should not be in an organizational conversation like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. If you talk about straight consistency through an organization, I would have to put the Steelers at the top from I'm going to, I'm going to say from we'll say 1970 during the merger all the way through until now, modern day NFL type, you know, not the, not the old ones or the, during that point. But I think the Rooney's got it where they, could have overrided a lot of guys, but they let the people that they hire do the job. And that's why they have, you know, six Super Bowl trophies where the Cowboys could also be in that mold too. If they, if Jerry Jones would have just got out of his own way. I mean, just seriously. I mean, look at some of these great teams that they've had in the past, uh, in the past 20, we'll say 20, we'll say 20 years. All right. High end, high end teams, Tony Romo. I know his body failed him a little bit later on, but he was a part of some really, really great teams. All right. That Des Bryant and, and, you know, so many more, you know, little mistakes here and there, but again, roster building and just, I mean, it all, it all goes back to Jerry Jones, the 2016 team where Dak and Zeke broke out their for the rookie season. They were the number one seed in the NFC. They went from like three and 13 to 13 and three in a year. Like it was, it was incredible. It was, it was incredible to see, uh, but just, there's just, I mean, there's so many facets that, that and it's like, now that I say it out loud, it's kind of hard to just be like, yeah, it's just Jerry's fault, but God damn, you know, <laughs> but who's Jason Garrett should have been fired after that three and 13 season, possibly potentially it had run its course, but who yeah, but who's making the calls? Who's yeah, saying, but he's not calling games though. That's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, but but as far as roster hired, building, as far as roster building and stuff, that's that's where the Jerry Jones blame goes. Yeah, but he also hires the coach. If you hire a coach, that might give you some pushback. Yeah. Do you, that's where it ultimately comes down to? Is you think Robert Kraft could could build the Patriots? Do you think Robert Kraft had? any idea of what to do personally? I, I don't think so. Do you think I, I, I even got to give it the Rooney's did have a little bit of thing, but do you think if they didn't allow GMs and stuff and coaches to do their jobs, do you 
think if they overrode Chuck Knoll constantly. Right. Back in the 70s, same thing with Bill Bill Nunn. Are they hoisting for Lombardi trophies? That's probably true. You know, Mike Dick has said it best. Coaches coach, players play, and owners should just own sometimes. Yeah. Hire people to do the job. And when you hire people to do the job, you're looking for somebody that it, it's not always best for somebody to agree with you. Right. Cause imagine if we did every episode where me and you just constantly said, Oh yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I agree with you. It it's not, it's the same thing as the Cowboys. It's going to be a show. We're going to put a product out there, but is it going to fall flat after a while? Is it not going to be as good? Right. And that's what you get when you hire guys like Mike McCarthy, other Jason Garrett, uh, you had Parcells, but like I said, he doesn't stay very long and he's towards the end. Wade Phillips, Wade Phillips is a fabulous defensive coordinator, fabulous defensive coordinator. He had the 90 Broncos couldn't get him to a Super Bowl. 90 Broncos were pretty damn good back then. Dan Reeves got those teams to Super Bowls. Wade Wills, Wade Phillips fell flat. The the whole Bills thing where he could have said, I'm starting Flutie. But he fell into Rob Johnson and said, okay, okay, Ralph, I'll start Rob because you're paying him more. Right. You know, that one of those things. Oh, come on. You know, Dave Campos, Chan Gailey. Where, where's that pushback personality that's going to say, this is my team. They haven't had that since Jimmy Johnson. And the only other coach before Jimmy Johnson was Tom Landry. That would have said, this is me. Tom Landry wouldn't even give up control to damn Roger Stallback. Okay. <laughs> he told him, I call the plays. That's how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> you could add another year of captain comeback. And he was like, no, nah. cause he said, I'll come back if I could call the plays. And he was like, no. So it, it's it's ultimately comes down to him because he's making the hire, right? He's making the hire because I think, it, like we said, it's a yes man. It's a guy that's going to say, okay, you go get your guy in the draft, okay? But I really want this guy. There's that big rumor that he literally had Johnny Manziel's name written down on a draft card. Did you never hear that? Wait, oh, I just I just read about it. Jerry Jones had Manziel. No, yeah. Yeah. And somebody had to steal it away from him. I think his son stole it away from him. But those are the decisions that he would make. Right. Because it's not about. I don't it, it went away from quality of talent to is personality bigger than anything else. Yeah. What can put us on the map? You don't know, put you on the map, good quality talent. That's what puts you on the map. Yeah. And that's what he's totally missing. And I think that's what Jimmy Johnson would have gave you. It's good quality talent. And Jerry Jones is the only one I feel is to blame for these, the Cowboys not doing anything. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, I get that. That's a good point. Um, so that's kind of the, where the Cowboys stuff ends. Now, what does it mean for your Miami Dolphins? That's that the is, thing, because obviously he goes there and there's issues between him and Marino, from what I understand, right? Yeah. Uh, when did Jimmy stop coaching, start and stop coaching there? Uh, 96, he started, and I think he stopped in 99. 
Okay. So Marino's last year. Yeah. Was also Johnson's last year. Okay. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, headbutts, headbutting between those two because Jimmy Johnson wanted to go uh, a little bit more balanced where Dan Marino just wanted to, you know, kind of be Dan Marino and do Dan Marino stuff. Well, he took away his ability to audible at the line. That was one of the big things too. Yeah. Which is bullshit. You know, (laughs) could you imagine telling Peyton you can't audible at the line? (laughs) (laughs) You would, it's, his whole head would explode or his forehead would get bigger. <laughs> so what do you think? It, what do you think it means it for your dolphins though? Long-term you think Marino sticks around longer? No. You think he was tapped out at that point? Uh, yeah. That guy was, that guy was fried way before that. <laughs> looking at things and looking at, you know, coming into more of perspective from an adult where as a kid, Dan Marino was my superhero. Number one guy. I, I think he, I think he probably still plays cause he's a wheels wheel until the fall off guy. But I think he was done way before that. And there was times where Jimmy benched him actually, and started like Craig Erickson and stuff. Ugh. Yeah. Do you think that time was better? would be better though. Had Jimmy Johnson not gone there. I, that final stretch. I mean, who would, who would have, who would have filled in for Shula? That's the ultimate question. I don't even, I don't even know because I was just so happy about Jimmy Johnson that that's all I could remember from '95. Right. Oh man, who would you have wanted? Jimmy Johnson. Uh, want <laughs> but he's with the Cowboys. Right. Oh, geez, I couldn't go for Parcells. Man, who would I have wanted? Because this is. Heinzega's huge money too, because he's still got Blockbuster. Blockbuster's doing pretty well in about 1994. Oh man, I'm trying to think of coaches in 1995. Um, I definitely wouldn't want anybody on the staff. After watching them over the past couple of years with guys like Tom Olivadotti and all that stuff, I think um, those guys definitely needed to be gone. Because, yeah, Tom Olivadotti, yeah, that was his last season too. Right. But I don't think they're going to hire from within because they got blown up by Buffalo in 95. Um, Jeez, who does take over the Miami Dolphins? Yeah. I'm trying to find articles and stuff to see who they were interviewing, but it seems yeah. like that Jimmy Johnson wasn't easy. It was like, okay, we want him, we got him, kind of. Thing. Maybe they go Belichick after you know one year. I but then again, that's that's a what if in himself because Jimmy Johnson wanted to hire Belichick as the defensive coordinator. He wanted to. Yeah, when he got after the '95 season, he wanted to hire him, but he decided to go back to go back with Parcells. Okay, that was like a huge rumor. Maybe, but that's 96, 95. Who's the hot guy in 95? Maybe Tony Dungy. Yeah. Maybe. That would have been something if Marino had a defense. Oh, geez. Yeah, because Tony Dungy is just going. Oh, no, he's another 96er guy. But he's still with the the Vikings. I know he was hot talking about him. 
Oh, I'm trying to think of some other guys. Mike Shanahan after that Super Bowl win. Would have been cool. You know, Rave Rhodes was a name. Because you're pretty much you're looking at if you ever notice the trend, they pick off from the Super Bowl team. So usually Shanahan. Shanahan would have been. You know what? I think I, if I could have picked out of those names that I had, Shanahan and being like a hot name, I would want Shanahan. Okay. Because just see what he did for the I know it wasn't the greatest towards the end, but seeing what he did for the Broncos, he did what he did for Elway what I thought Jimmy Johnson was going to do for Marino. Do you... Yeah. I know I I I yeah. That's probably true. I I just feel like Jimmy Johnson was the easy was the the guy that they always wanted. Right. I feel like that because he was wrongfully coached, like when Dungey got canned from the Bucks and the Colts hired him like a year, like a month after that. I, th- I feel like Jimmy Johnson was just the, the, the guy. But um, yeah. but sh- I'm just thinking about what we could have done with Shanahan. Yeah, that's some there's some potential there. That zone blocking, getting some running in there. I think he oh, my goodness. Could we have gone to the Super Bowl? Probably. Um, but uh, I think that's a wrap on. Uh, yeah, the, the potential is really there. That might be a what if in itself. But um, that is a wrap on this week's episode. Everybody, we got through it. Jimmy Johnson. What if he had stayed in Dallas uh, next week? Next week, we're going to take a look at a Mike Shanahan team. And we're going to talk about the 2008 Broncos, the team that needed just one more win in the last quarter of the season. Uh, to win the division and go into the playoffs, but uh, they kind of blew it. Uh, we'll talk about that in uh, a little bit later or next week. So thank you so much for tuning in on behalf of Andrew and I till next time, the two point conversation is good.